Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, my lovely listeners and friends. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast, or as always, welcome if you're brand new to the show. My name is Emily Elizabeth, and I am your host on today's episode. It's really exciting because it's a topic that I have been dying to chat about with you guys, and it's something that I have worked on and applied in my own life, and I have seen the game-changing effect it has had on me, especially in my personal relationships, as well as my outlook on life and how I can just simply show up better every single day. So I think this should be a pretty unique topic and value add for you all as well. Before we dive into it, I just want to share, um, I guess, like a little piece of gratitude because I haven't done that lately. So today, I just want to say I am extremely grateful for my friendships and the bonds I have built over the years and the people that I have available to me to just always reach out to from my previous roommate to my friends from college to my co-workers who are just the best guys ever literally love them so much and you know I just I just so I'm so grateful that I was able to meet such a great group of guys that I can genuinely say will probably be at my wedding <laughs> and supporting me so I'm just grateful for them and then of course grateful for all of the amazing friends I have in New York I have met so many people, whether just met them over in LA and we're all here now or just met them in the city as well. It's just, you know, the city is huge and I'm so grateful that I've had such a amazing start to my New York journey and one that I hope is going to be really, really long term. And I know what it feels like to have not had these types of bonds and such strong relationships in especially a couple of years ago. Um, But I guess, you know, for those of you who are maybe in that part of life where you're struggling to really find your groove with the right groups of people or the right types of friends, my best advice is to seriously just focus on yourself and really be concise about the person you want to show up as every single day and you will slowly find those people along the way but more importantly something that I wasn't really directly taught growing up in my childhood just because I think culturally it's not really accepted or advocated for but if you want to develop deep and meaningful relationships with people something that I can say I have fortunately and gratefully been able to do over the past couple of years you have to be willing to be honest and open and vulnerable with those people and I never in fact I was I was about to say I was never encouraged to do that um, in my childhood years in fact I was always discouraged to share things about my life because it would look like I'm a weak person and it would look like you know, I'm not perfect, but isn't that the fucking point? Because I'm not perfect and I'm human. And I notice even with my entrepreneur friends or anyone in my life, when I share 
the things that I'm working through or the things that I have struggled with, um, no matter how personal it is, interestingly enough, it actually always builds the bond even deeper. And that's why I am so close with the people in my life today is because they know me well and they understand that honesty part. And if you think about it too, that's the only way you get past surface level. In order to get deep, you have to be open and share parts of your personal life as you get comfortable with it in what you've learned in the past, what has been an obstacle for you and always be willing to ask for help and seek for feedback from other people and over time that's how you build the strength of the relationships because people realize that when you ask for their feedback or their opinion that you trust them and when someone feels like you trust them and they are also a fellow trustworthy person they're going to often reciprocate that trust to you and that's how the bond gets built but yeah that was a long tangent but just want to say really grateful for the relationships I have today and um, just wanted to give a little you know shout out and piece of advice for any of you who may or may not struggle with that Um, you know been there done that I know what it feels like but always expressing gratitude so that is all for this intro we will dive into the episode Are you the type of person that enjoys self-reflection, personal growth, and having purposeful conversations with like-minded people? If you are, then you are going to love the new official What Fulfills You card game, which is available for pre-order on the website at whatfulfillsyou.com. This is the perfect conversation starter, icebreaker game to play with friends on a night in with a few glasses of wine, big family dinners, a potential romantic partner, work retreats, and of course, much more. Oh, and I think this would definitely be a fun game for upcoming Friendsgiving and Thanksgiving events. Enjoy 10% off with the code for podcast listeners only, What Fulfills You 10 at checkout. That's What Fulfills You 10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. So on today's episode, I'm going to be diving into a concept that I have recently got into myself, I guess maybe not so recent um, by the time I'm recording and publishing this, but it is something I guess maybe you could say in the last couple months I've been looking into, um, especially because my friend Elia, who has been on this show, introduced me to the concept based on some of the things I've been working on and or have struggled with in the past and he found this technique or mindful practice really helpful for him so I felt like this was compelling to share with you guys. So as you can tell from the title this is surrounding the topic of letting go and it's almost counterintuitive I guess just from reading it it's like what do you mean to let go in order to get what you want or to actually get closer to the path that you desire well first off let me explain where this concept comes from it is from Dr. David Hawkins and I'm actually in the middle of reading the book Letting Go by David Hawkins which is where a lot of the fundamentals are coming from but a quick backstory as to why I even got into this in the first place. So as I mentioned I learned this from my friend Elia and it's always interesting because it's always for me personally always in moments of working through some sort of personal relationship or something in the room romantic sector and again um 
you know, I share this openly just because a lot of what I share is often from, you know, many months ago. So it's not recent. But, um, you know, I remember my friend and I, we went on a long walk on the beach um, during sunset. And I was explaining to him just some of my mental blocks when it comes to the early phases of dating because today's culture is much different than it was back in the day and I personally think my approach is kind of hybrid. I'm a little bit traditional with my personal preferences with um, you know chivalry and how a guy should court you and that kind of thing and and remember like everyone has their own preference I've already even I think when I post about this on IG stories on the podcast Instagram some of you guys have even responded and maybe had said like you don't believe in gender roles and all those things but again it's to each their own it's just a matter of like what you prefer and what you like and you know so all of that but um that was kind of the initial spark I think for me recognizing like how can I get over this mental block of what I continue to face and I think a more heightened block for that is when I have to deal with hard criticism or just um extremely opposite of the spectrum type of criticism or you know conversations with a specific parent who uh doesn't really know me for who I am um for the reason that this person holds on to this idea of what I should be or what things should have been and for that reason I think there's a lot of uh, psychology to this but you you anyone can't see the the real raw true picture if you're still holding on to what you believe it should be so um, this person tends to perceive me in a very very different way than the people in my life that know me for who I really am so um, that always or not as much today than it you know has in the past years but um, you know of course it still bothers me from time to time when you know of course just naturally it's like when someone is saying something to you about you that is just completely not just untrue but opposite of the spectrum of what and who you really are of course you want to say something back um, within the moment and it's something my friend Elia has taught me this is where he really brought it in during discussion because this person was calling me and was um, just saying a lot of irrational things and he had mentioned to me that I should consider tapping into the Hawkins scale of consciousness especially looking into the frequency I could be uh, you could say vibrating at now before you guys go okay this is woo woo shit it, it really isn't because I have looked into it myself and it's, I'm very much in the process of it while Elia my friend had mentioned that it's not something you work towards it's really something you can just tap into so you might be wondering okay what fucking frequency are you talking about well there is a graph called the Hawkins scale of consciousness and I would highly recommend it if you um, look at this, maybe pause the podcast right now, go and Google the graph Hawkins scale of consciousness, and then come back and play this. But basically, it really is a scale that shows um, each emotion or feeling that we feel and the frequency we vibrate at 
when we are in those emotions and we are acting within that. So the bottom, I'm going to list everything, but I'll go quick. So bottom, starting from the very bottom, it starts with shame. Then it goes to guilt, apathy, grief, fear, desire, anger, pride. And then it starts to slowly, you know, go up. So now we're getting close to the neutral state. Um, After pride, it goes courage, neutrality, willingness, acceptance, reason, love, joy, peace, and the last one is enlightenment. Now, if you're familiar with Maslow hierarchy of needs, it's kind of the same, except instead of it being like a hierarchy of needs, it's like a hierarchy of your level of consciousness and what you vibrate and give off into the rest of the world. And so enlightenment is, again, similar to hierarchy of needs where you reach the top. It's not only extremely difficult, but with enlightenment especially, you know, it's typically people like Buddha, Jesus, um, you know, of that nature that have reached that level. So it's kind of like ultimate consciousness. Um, And then kind of a little bit below it is peace, joy, love, and reason. So what Elia is referring to is that I should look into how I can tap into that love frequency and that joy like between those two so on that scale it's like between 500 and 540 and it's especially helpful when you need to balance it out because the person you are talking to is coming from a lower frequency such as grief and fear anger pride that kind of thing and that's what he observed is that And just to recap, this is um, pertaining to kind of like what I have to deal with, um, you know, kind of the familial environment, but this person tends to kind of come from a more fear-based frequency and that is at a constant level. So he's saying instead of stooping to their level and then, of course, inadvertently getting upset myself and getting aggravated... I can learn to lead with compassion and love. And when this person is speaking out of fear, just give them compassion and love because they don't know any better. And so something that I pondered for a bit and I was thinking, okay, you know, I'll give it a try. Um, I Because especially too, for me, I'm aware that in most times in my life, but especially with this particular situation has been ongoing for years now um you know mainly because of like cultural and generational differences I realized that I have a much better capacity to tap into the bigger person role and the more mature I guess parent role if you will and um and again the reason why I'm candid about this is, is because to my surprise even a lot of you find value in the fact that I share this with you guys because a lot of you have that struggle with your own life as well or maybe in your own parent, um, you know, parent-child dynamic and culture. So, um, you know, I'm just sharing from personal experience what I'm working through. And so overall, my personal goal is to constantly be in the love slash joy level of frequency, which is, of course, you know, very much up there close to enlightenment and it's, it's hard. It's not easy to just always tap into that emotion of love and compassion but when you recognize 
what you're dealing with and who, the type of person you're dealing with and their framework, you know, it's, it's much harder to jump from fear to love, you know? And I think it's funny too, because I'm sure this person and, and in many different cases, the person that you are talking to who is coming from a fear-based frequency, they might be thinking, oh, I'm coming from love, right? But we all know, especially with the conscious mind, we know what love and compassion feels like. And so, you know, for me, I can just tell you can feel the fear. You can feel that in their tonality. You can feel in the way they frame certain situations and certain outcomes. And my best approach has been approaching it with love because love will balance out fear and it will kind of meet halfway because love and fear are on the opposite spectrums. Now, I want to dive into the concepts I have realized from reading this book, Letting Go, and kind of beyond the scale consciousness. Because again, now that I'm aware, like, okay, this is something I can tap into, something I can really adapt into my everyday life, um, I wanted to know more. I wanted to know more about what I tend to struggle with as well, which is in particular about, about this constant desire or drive to predict what's next or to know what's coming up next, um, especially and probably at this point in my life only in personal relationships. And when I say personal, I, I mean like probably romantically only. I don't really deal with this in friendships, but just like romantic relationships, I think is where it comes out in me. So the first big lesson I've learned from reading this book is that when you desire something, you subconsciously tell yourself you lack it and that you don't have it. So let me repeat that. When you desire or want something, you subconsciously are telling yourself that you don't have it. And as a result, when we are subconsciously aware that we don't have something, we act in a state of scarcity and we go into fear because when we think there's not enough of something, we're scared to lose it or we're scared to not have it. So I want that to settle into your mind for a quick second. Let me repeat that. When you desire something, you subconsciously tell yourself you lack it and you don't have it. And as a result, we act in a state of scarcity and we go into fear. This always would occur if you are in the process of talking to a new guy and you start to realize you like him and you want him, you know, as a partner or whatever. You want to be exclusive or you want to see him consecutively, right? Whatever that could be. And then at that point, you subconsciously start to put him on a pedestal. You start to, you know, try to make time for him, maybe even if he's not doing the same for you, or you'll cancel or cut back on something just so you could make an effort to go see him, whatever that could be, right? You start to put this person on a pedestal because you're scared to lose this person or you're scared that this person will lose interest in you. So that's, I, I wouldn't say I have had that issue necessarily with like, being scared of losing a person or whatever but I think for me in my past it's probably more about it's probably more about maybe putting them on a little bit of a pedestal because then I always look back and I'm like they weren't even that great and there's definitely been a few that I'm like okay 
holy shit, not in an egotistic way, but I am and was too good for them. And maybe within that moment or at that time, I had no idea. But now looking back and be like, I can be like, okay, you, you were just too fucking good for them. And it's again, it's it's not in this like, oh, I'm hot shit. It's just really, you just start to see, okay, there were qualities that you have and they don't have and they just don't deserve someone with your qualities because they can't meet halfway, right? So this is for my ladies out there, don't fucking settle because deep down, you know that you are just too good. And if they want to be with someone that's really good, like your level, then they better play up and play a, you know, bigger game. So I guess in essence here, the key is actually letting go of that desire to want to be with them. And this is something I have put into practice in the recent months. And let me tell you, it's been an actual game changer because it's funny too, it's a paradox, right? The paradox of getting what you want is actually letting go of the desire, in this instance, the desire to make it happen, the desire to want the relationship to go further, the desire to get the job, the desire to close the deal. And I'm going to dive into different aspects of life that this applies to, what, what I've realized and what I've applied in my own life. So, you know, like I said, the big awakening for me has happened within my romantic relationships or just anything within that realm because that's where I struggled the most with the letting go aspect. But ironically, when it comes to business and work, I ha- I think I just naturally tap into letting it letting it go and you know taking action and and making things happen for myself but I'm not so structured in this way where I get rigid and flustered if it doesn't happen. I somehow kind of make way with another approach and I'm like okay great it worked, you know. So I find that almost ironic because I am organized and structured in my business life but I don't put so much stress on myself with work and the way I think about it compared to an early phase in romantic dating. So something else this book had mentioned is that ironically the moment you let go it comes to you. (laughs) Let me repeat that. Ironically the moment you let go it comes to you. I can give you multiple examples and I'm sure some of this will resonate with you. First one being men, dating, all that stuff. There's this saying, and I fucking love this saying, but it's like they always come back. They always come fucking crawling back. And I remember, uh, what was this, like two years ago, um, I started talking to someone right after I had broke up with my ex and it was like pretty immediate I'm talking like it was pretty savage it was like very close to the time I had broken up with my ex and it just happened organically I definitely was not looking for someone but um, it just happened and so I remember we talked for a while we pretty much you know had a thing going for two months and he moved on and kind of went on to date someone new within two months of us, um, you know, leaving things off, right? And I remember telling my friend Dana, who's also been on the podcast, I was like, dude, like, that's just so bizarre because, you know, X, Y, and Z. And she told me, like, Emily, it's so funny. They just always fucking come back. You just watch, right? 
lo and behold, he did. Um, <laughs> to be transparent, I think he like tried to even while he was still dating that girl. I was very uncertain, you know. I I didn't really follow him at the time. I just remember checking if he was still dating the girl because I was like why are you reaching out to me, you know? And of course, with my values, that's very unattractive if you are reaching out to me while it still appears that you are still dating a person because then I'm like, okay, what the fuck? That's just not cool, you know? So I never responded during that period, but when I when I saw the messages from him, I was like, oh, Dana, guess who reached out? And it was funny because we were just laughing because it happened, you know, about a year later or like eight months later. And she's like, well, what do I tell you? And I remember at that time too, I was laughing because I had no interest in this guy anymore. And it was especially because I was like, dude, I'm just like, do good for you. Like I had way more to offer than you did. And you just weren't on the same wavelength as me, you know? And it's a, honestly it was great that it never went through with anything. But it was, it happened in, in that way where I'm saying like it comes to you when you let go. So obviously I didn't want that anymore. But in essence too, hypothetically had that person been actually truly more aligned for me and, you know, he was single and just had more similar values as me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then that could have possibly worked and I might have been interested to at least like start the conversation again. But that also goes in like professional and work, right? For me, I used to work in sales and I remember certain times I would have a mental block because I would want to close the deal really fucking bad. And I remember one deal was going to be a huge deal and I called my friend, Mike Yu, another person that's been on the show. Mind you guys, everyone I talk about in reference I like they always they most likely have been on the show before and that just shows you I always bring on not only my high level friends but just people in general that I have taken advice from as well and that's why I have them on the podcast because there's something that I've learned from them that is likely going to be valuable for you because you know I've learned from them and you know you guys can too but when it came to sales my friend Mike who's in my opinion stellar at sales he's a amazing closer he's just confident he knows how to get the job done and he told me Emily you just gotta go and work on other deals because the key here is the less you want it the more it will come to you and I was like but dude I just want it for this month he's like I know Emily I've been there but the key is actually letting go of your desire for the deal and funny enough I think um you know, him and I later on talked and I realized he had learned a lot from this scale, Hawkins scale of consciousness and the letting go aspect as well. So he's, he was already, um, you know, within that consciousness and awareness. And so I think that's why he was able to speak about it at that level. But also what I learned from this book as well is, and just in general, when you're so desperate to close a deal, the person on the other side can feel it, right? So looking back now, I'm sure the guy who I was talking to to try to close the deal, he probably could tell I was, you know, I sounded desperate or maybe my energy. You can just feel that vibe from someone. You can just tell when someone wants something really badly. And if you're on the other side too, which I think a lot of us have been on both sides of the coin, when you feel that desperate energy from someone, it's unattractive. Or I don't want to use the word desperate, but when you can just feel that someone is maybe just a little too ambitious 
going after something, right? Like just a little bit too ambitious for a deal. You can feel it and it can likely feel unattractive to you. So then you're going to want that deal less or you're going to want to work with that person less. And so again, it applies in both sales and marketing and any work, any kind of career, does any part of your job role, you can think of it in your own life. But also, of course, in relationships, especially romantic ones, where the less emphasis you put on getting in the relationship with that person, the more likely it will happen. And it's a fucking hilarious paradox because you have to let go of that desire because that's how you attract it. And that goes into my next point, which is about abundance and love. And I find that if you come into any romantic setting and you come in with the approach of abundance, meaning not only you have an abundance of love to give, but you also know there's an abundance of love in the world, that person is going to feel that. And the belief of abundance within yourself and with the external world you're not going to be coming into that date or that conversation with fear. You're going to come into it with love. And love is, again, a very high level of consciousness and frequency, which is always attractive. And regardless of where your potential partner, whatever place they're in, whether they're in a fear and lower-based level of consciousness, or they're also similar to you in a level of love and peace and joy either way you're either going to balance it out and then soon enough recognize that they're not at a high frequency enough to meet you at where you're at or you're going to match with that person and they're going to realize like damn this person is coming in with an abundance of love too like they're going to find that really attractive so that's what I've been working on and what I've been applying into my own life is Every day I ask myself, how can I show up in all of my relationships, in all of my actions, seriously, like every single thing, how can I show up with an abundance of love and joy and peace, of course, too, right? So for me, it's like maintaining the inner peace within me, but then just literally giving love because I have so much of it. And I know as well that When I show up in the world with more love, and sorry, I'm using this word so much in this episode, but when I show up in this world with more love and joy, I'm also going to help contribute to raise the frequency within humanity because we have to start somewhere and it's always a slow build, but when you bring that out, other people are going to feel it. It's going to balance them out in a way where it counters it because it raises them up or it helps even raise other people who are already close to your frequency because they're like even more thrilled that they're like surrounded by a energy and frequency that's higher than them. So it helps uplift other people and nudge other people to be more loving and to be more joyful in their day-to-day life as well. And I'll give a example that happened a few weeks ago. I was walking, I think, um, in Chelsea in New York and I was 
just I don't know I think walking to get coffee or something it's like a weekend stroll and I remember this girl from afar she was walking and she was just smiling and you know I see her but of course I'm assuming oh she's not smiling at me she's just you know smiling having a good day but I get closer to her as we're walking past each other and she looks at me and she just smiles and I'm like wow that was so sweet like I remember just I instantly I felt so much like joy after that I smiled a lot to myself as well and ever since that moment I made it a pact to myself to be really mindful about my expression when I walk because it can make someone's day just as her smile made my day just the way she smiled at me she was just really warm and just kind of like doing her own thing walked right past me didn't really like say hello necessarily but I just think her smile was like enough of a hello and I, I just was like, okay, damn, you have to do that to other people as well because you never know. And so it reminds me of the same thing. She's, I could feel the love and joy from her just from the smile. And I could even do the same thing just with my own smile to other people when I walk around Manhattan. And especially with the city, everyone's always walking. Everyone's kind of, you know, always on a resting bitch face or whatever. And for me, I have a resting bitch face all the time. So I'm very aware that I can look kind of angry or serious to most people. And so I'm sure when I smile, it's probably a lot more pleasant. So I am working on that. And again, too, with that energy, it's contagious. So more people will want to be around you when you bring that level to each conversation or to each outing or, you know, to each meeting, whatever that could be. So when it comes to how I have shifted, especially after reading certain chapters of the book, in my romantic life, when I'm talking to guys, right, I always approach it with an abundance of love in a way where, let's say I want to send a text or I want to say something. In the past, I might have been scared to send something because why? I'm sitting and living in fear, I'm sitting in this consciousness of fear like, oh, is this too much? Oh, what are they going to think? Oh, if I say this, am I going to make them lose interest in me, right? But it's still a paradox. The idea is you got to let go of that desire of wanting to put up a certain way so that they don't lose interest in you because then you're always going to come in with this fear of, losing something meaning you're living in scarcity when you could be living in abundance and showing up in abundance so what I do now is I just send the text or I just say whatever that is because why I'm saying it out of love and joy again right and what I mean by that is I'm abundant because I have enough And so if that person really is aligned with me in my frequency, my wavelength, whatever you want to call it, if they're really there with me, they're going to recognize that level of where I'm coming from as well. And they're not going to feel or think weird about it. They're going to be able to receive my level of energy. And there's actually something my friend Mike Yu said way back on think on his very first episode that he was on the show he had said something along the lines of how people cannot receive your energy if they're not on the same wavelength as you so 
same thing scale of consciousness if you are acting constantly in the form of love or one of the higher level ones someone who is still in pride or maybe like a neutral state long term they're not going to be able to receive your energy in the same way because you are just for layman's terms you're too advanced and of course too naturally with how many people in this world you you're going to be able to find someone that can meet you at your level and or bring you up even a little bit more and that's what we should all want for ourselves is someone that really uplifts and meets us at our level of frequency and you can feel that too you can feel you know some people call it aura some people call it a vibe whatever i use those terms too but in this sciency term if you will or spiritual term i often use the word frequency or wavelength and you can feel that when the vibe is off or just like the energy connection is off and or maybe sometimes it's really subtle maybe it's like because you're a little bit above or maybe they're a little bit above and so just kind of from personal experience and a little bit of assuming I guess if you're only one or two levels off, you could say, I'm, I'm sure there's like room to work with. But if, you know, you're again, if you're coming in with a love and someone is still down in this like fear based level, it's very hard to connect with that person and they're not going to be able to receive your abundance of love because they don't know what abundance is. And the last concept I really want to share because it's about the level of being and it's something I emphasize a lot in my life as well. It's the difference between having and doing versus being and being is simply who you are, right? So when you want to be a intelligent person or a fit person or someone with integrity you don't just have it and you don't just do it in your life in order to be it if you want to become it you just have to literally step into it which is I think kind of what Elia was um, nudging me about is like you don't think about it too much you don't you don't think about how to get it you don't think about how to get love you just be it so I guess he does have a point in that right in that it's not something you strategize to work towards it's literally just suddenly you go I want to be a person of love and someone with an abundance of love you think about it you I guess ponder on it but then you just start to become it you just show up as that person it's not something you have to you know, train towards. We know what love is. We know what love feels like. We know what it's like to love a parent or love a family member or love a friend. Now, you show up like that every single day in all of your interactions. I That's how I interpret it. So I'll leave you with one last piece to ponder on is this statement in uh, the book Letting Go on page 118. What we hold in our mind tends to manifest. I will repeat that. What we hold in our mind tends to manifest. In other words, as many of us know, our mind is fucking powerful. And 
we control and dictate a lot of our reality simply within our mind because what we perceive is reality and our perception comes from our mind meaning whatever we are thinking and consuming within our mind we manifest that within our energy and others will feel our energy and or whatever you want to call it your vibe your frequency your aura your wavelength and at the same time that energy you put out attracts similar energy and it's based on what you manifested in your mind so if you find or believe that you are not around similar energy that you want to be around well the first place to start is how you're thinking and what you're thinking about and what you're putting into your mind because you have to shift that And essentially, you have to start to be and become and just literally be a person full of love. Be a person full of joy. And you say that every single day. You do it every single day. You activate it every single day. And it just becomes who you are. You just are that. Like Emily is love, right? Same thing as like Jesus is love or my best friend Avery is love or Avery is joy. And so all of that, whatever you think within your mind, you manifest outwards and others feel that. And if you want to change the type of people you surround yourself with, you have to start from within and you have to start from what you're manifesting within your mind. Okay, wow, that was a lot, you guys. Um, But this was one of my, I think, favorite recent solo episodes because this is something I have been reading about and thinking about and doing a lot of in the past couple months and I realized like this is something I need to share with you all and I hope this was valuable and I hope this just made you you know just think about the way you do things and the way you approach life and as always you know if you found value in this episode just please send me a dm let me know and you know, I always respond to you guys. I'm always having conversations with you all in the DMs. So just hit me at what fulfills you on Instagram. And just to kind of round out this episode, I want to leave you uh, with one thing. The paradox of getting what you want is letting go of the desire, especially the desire to make it happen. And in case you are not up to date with what's going on with the What Fulfills You merch, it is available on the website at whatfulfillsyou.com. The card game is available in pre-order and it is expected to be shipping around early November. Um, So if you want it before the holidays, especially before Thanksgiving time, be sure to pre-order it now because that's the only way I can guarantee it. And since you guys are listening to this podcast, you get 10% off. It's what fulfills you 10 at checkout. What fulfills you 10 at checkout for 10% off. And that is only exclusive to podcast listeners. I'm not posting this code anywhere else, not on Instagram, not on TikTok, not anywhere else. It's literally only available through this podcast. So only for you guys. So thank you for those who have already ordered. I am so excited for you to play this game. I think this is great for 
game night in with your family with your friends um i think this is also really great for work culture development because i did have that in mind when i was creating the game so very applicable for all of the above and of course you know icebreakers or a game with your romantic partner and then i also personally use it for journal prompts so this is great for all over you know it's not just kind of only a game to be played with other people that is all i have for today and thank you for tuning in i will chat with you guys next time Bye.